Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here, we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. Hello, men. Today, we're going to be talking about communication in marriage. I've been you know, getting a lot of questions about this, and that's one of the big complaints guys have about what's going on. So I wanted to address this today. So we're going to talk about tips and pitfalls and how to make communication great in your marriage. So some of the communication problems that I've heard from guys are, how do I get my wife to really hear me? How do we learn to work together toward a common goal? And well, define those common goals as well. How do we hear each other without feeling hurt? How do we communicate and be more aware and act on our wife's needs and wants without pushing your own aside for the other, for your wife? That's a great question. We're going to talk about that for sure. I just don't know what my wife wants or needs, and I don't think she knows what I want or need. Okay, That can definitely happen. So I want to talk about the different levels of communication in marriage. We're going to talk about three different levels today. So the top level is superficial. That's just the, the business type stuff. The next level is emotional. So a lot of times we start our marriage with uh, in this like honeymoon phase where we're really good at this part. And then that kind of drops off over time. I'm going to explain what these are in a minute. Then the deepest and most powerful level of communication is intimate communication in marriage. I'll get into what I mean by that. So superficial communication, most couples do this, okay? This is just like the business aspect of marriage. So this is scheduling, hey, you know, are you going to pick up the kids today or me? Uh, What are we doing for dinner? You know, that kind of thing. Deciding on trips, where are we going to go? You know, what are you going to do? Who's working when? That kind of stuff. Just the things that get the bills paid and get people where they need to be. So a lot of men, though, they're complaining that this is as far as their marriage gets. You know, they don't really talk about much else besides this. You can feel just like kind of ships passing in the night or like business partners, you know, that there's no real connection, no real communication between the two of you. And there's no real passion either. Okay. Because if you're, if you're just operating here, you know, it might as well be, you know, just a business partner, right? Just someone that you're just running the house with. So then let's talk about emotional communication in marriage. So this is a quote by a a great couples therapist. Her name is Sue Johnson. Uh, So she says, underneath all the distress, partners are asking each other, can I count on you? Are you there for me? Will you respond to me when I need, when I call? Do I matter to you? Am I valued and accepted by you? Do you need me and rely on me? And I would add to this, do you understand me? So to some extent, we we want this, right? We want to know our our spouse is there for us, that they are going to be there, that that we matter to them. Okay, So that's emotional communication. I'm blocking the picture of her here, but this is what she looks like. (laughs) That's Sue Johnson. All right. So... How do you get to this level of this emotional communication in marriage? So one of the big things that you need to do, and this is for any type of 
really getting past that superficial and even to do some of the superficial, you got to set aside some time every day to do it. You got to prioritize. Another thing guys are asking me is how do I prioritize my marriage? Well, how do you get anything else done during the day? You just set aside time and do it, right? So if you want to connect and communicate well with your wife, you just have to set aside some time to do it. So I recommend some time every day, whenever that's going to work best for you guys. For a lot of people, that's at nighttime. Um, for some people, you can do it at lunch or just um, right when you get home from work or, or whatever. Um, and then do a weekly date where you're not going to be interrupted by kids, by phones, by whatever, right? Where you have more of a stretched out time, several hours together. It's just uninterrupted time to, to connect and communicate with each other. A big thing you can learn and a good question you can ask is, how do you feel? How do you feel today? How did you feel at work today? So this is different than just asking like, how did the day go or what happened today? Right? Because when you ask what happened today, you're kind of asking for an account of the day. Well, you know, I went to work, I came home, I ate lunch. <laughs> you know, that's a good answer to what did you do today? Um, and sometimes that's that's all we get. Right. When we ask that question, what did you do today? How'd the day go? So instead, if we ask, how do you feel? Now you're getting to this emotional level. Today, I felt happy. Today, I felt sad. You know, this, it made me mad when my boss yelled at me today. Okay. So now, you know, you can feel the difference, right? This is a better level. This is a deeper level of communication, this emotional level. Another question you can ask each other is what were the highs and lows of the day? What were some of the good things that happened today? What were some of the hard things? So again, here we're getting more into that emotional level. I felt mad. I felt sad. I felt happy, right? And this is good. You know, this is getting to that deeper level. This is kind of probably where you started your marriage with sharing about your emotions, about your feelings. A lot of guys are like, oh, I don't want to talk about my emotions, but, or I don't know how to talk about my emotions. But if you break it down, really, there's not a ton of emotions. Some people will tell you there's like thousands of emotions, but maybe that's true. <laughs> but I like to think of it more simply that there's really like four or five, maybe. So we have anger, something that makes us mad. We have anxiety, something that makes us scared or anxious or nervous. We have happiness, right? And we have sadness. Right? And then you might add into that love or, you know, strength or determination, things like that. They're a little bit different, but really, if you just remember those four about happy, sad, anxious, uh, angry, you know, you're going to be able to communicate most of what you're feeling. Okay. So if you're struggling, just say, this made me mad today. This made me happy today. This made me sad today. This made me nervous or anxious today. Okay. You're going to be doing great. Another really great way to get to this level is to talk about your hopes, dreams, and fears. <clears throat> so this is focusing on a little bit of the future, right? What do you want to do? You know, where would you, one question I like to ask my wife on dates is, you know, what's a vacation that you'd like to take? Or if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you want to live? Or if you could have played a, any sport professionally, what would you do? Or if you could play a sport professionally now, what would you play? Um, if you wanted to, if, if you could meet any famous person, who would you meet? These kind of things, right? They're just kind of fun. They get to, they help you get to know each other a little bit better. 
um, fears. What what kind of stuff makes you nervous? What are you concerned about? What are you worried about for the kids in the future? My wife has a lot of those <laughs> about what she's worried about for the kids. Um, so letting her talk about it and understanding her. Look, we're getting now to that emotional level, which is great. It's a great level to be at for sure. It builds a good, solid, positive foundation for you to just enjoy each other's company. Another great uh, way you can go about getting to this emotional communication in marriage level is this idea of first, last, best, and worst. So this was um, uh, from a book that I just read about storytelling, and it was called Story Worthy. Definitely recommend it. Just tells about how to tell stories better, teaches that. Um, but he says this is a good way to create stories and to bring up stories. First, last, best, and worst. So you can, uh, on a date or just when you're talking, hey, you know, tell me about your um, your first uh, time at, times at school. Okay, what's the first, what was your first day at school that you remember? What was the last day of school that you remember? What was the best day of school? What was the worst day at school? And that's fun, right? You can You can think of those things. You can you know, come up with some fun stories to tell each other and get to know each other at a better level. Uh, friendships, first, last, best, worst. Uh, injuries, first, last, best, worst. I don't know if there's best injury, but <laughs> maybe there's like a funny story attached to the injury, right? This is a great level to be at. If you're there, you know, you probably feel like your marriage is going good. You've got each other's support. You know, things are going pretty well. A lot of people and a lot of marriage counselors, that's where they're going to stop. They're going to just say, you know, focus on this, build up the positive, which is important, 100%. But there is a deeper level that you can get to. And I call this intimate communication in marriage. So this is the most difficult. And this is where many marriages, they fail to reach. And because they fail to reach it, there is resentment. There's things unsaid. There is just this lack of actual intimacy in the marriage. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Because what I call intimate communication is sharing things that might upset your spouse, but that are true to who you are, okay? Sharing things that might upset your spouse, but they are true to who you are. They might rock the boat. They might kind of damage this idea. Going back to that Sue Johnson thing, are you there for me? Will you Will you support me? Will you validate me, okay? Um, you know, you're not sure if you're going to get that acceptance or validation when you share this thing. Okay. And that's scary. Okay. So to get to this level, you have to reject the idea of happy wife, happy life. You have to throw that out when it comes to intimate communication in marriage. Why is that? Because to get to the intimate level, you have to share things that might not make her happy. <laughs> Okay, you have to stop trying to manage her emotions by shutting down who you are and start sharing some of those things that might make her upset. I'll give you an example. I used to have so much trouble sharing things that upset me that like I would hold my wife's hand in the car and she would um, like rub my finger in a way that really bothered me. Like I didn't like it. It, it sort of hurt. And but for probably years, actually, into our marriage, I never told her that that hurt. <laughs> Why didn't I? Because I thought it would upset her. <clears throat> I knew she was doing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I knew she was doing it because she was trying to be nice, right? I understood her intentions. And so I 
went so far to that happy wife, happy life place. I didn't tell her, Hey, like that hurts. Right. So that's because I was not getting to this level. I wasn't getting to intimate communication. I was trying to play at emotional level all the time. Let me take care of her happiness and not tell her, Hey, like this bothers me and you know, please stop it. Right. You have to reject that idea of happy wife, happy life. And that's scary. So my wife did this with me in a, uh, in a way that was scary, right? This is scary. Intimate communication, communication in marriage is frightening. So we were flying back from a trip to London and talking about uh, church and religion. And, you know, she got up the courage to share with me that there were some questions that she had about our religion. We grew up in the same church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, you know, we got married in a place called the temple. That's a very important place for, for us in our religion. And, you know, she said, I'm not sure about some of the things that are taught in the church. And for me, that was one of the worst things I could have heard at the time. Uh, it scared me deeply. I made it mean that she didn't want to really be married to me in our, in our church. We teach that you can be married forever if you get married in the temple. And so to me, her, re, you know, rejecting or saying she had questions about the church, I made it mean she didn't want to be with me forever. Right? And I, so it took me a long time to get there. That's the the summary. And that was the core of what hurt, but it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, so it was painful. It was hurtful. Um, she had to, but it was true to who she was. And it was so important to who she was. She had to share it. Okay. That's intimate communication. She could have hid that forever, right? She could have kept going to church and silently inside just said, I can't believe I'm doing this, but you know, I love my husband and uh, you know, I know it's important to him. So I'm just going to keep doing it, even though it wasn't true to who she was. This happens, right? This is what can destroy marriages where all of a sudden one day you're, you go to your wife and you say, I can't take this anymore. And she's blindsided where your wife says, you know, I'm so upset and you can't believe it because she never told you this stuff. Okay. This is the level that you have to get to if you want an amazing marriage. So the consequence of her sharing that with me, right, was actually one of the best spiritual development opportunities I ever had, have ever had hands down. What I learned about religion was it's not my job to save her, right? It's God's job to save her. I had to trust that God cared about her even more than I did. This was huge because it helped me with other people in my life that, you know, my kids, if they end up, you know, not following what I believe is true, you know, I don't have that fear and anxiety anymore. I know I can trust God to take care of that. And my job is to just live in a way that people would want to follow what I'm doing because I am happy following that religion and following what I believe and not trying to force it or be upset when people don't follow it, right? I just have to show them like, look, this is the way and to really feel God's love for me and share it with others. So huge. If she would not have shared that, I would never have made that giant leap in my own spiritual development. So I'm so glad that she did. I'm so glad she had the courage to do that. So I had to do this when it came to um, wanting to have sex more often in our marriage. So my wife, she's been through terrible sexual abuse. You know, some of the worst I've ever heard of, uh, went on for a long time. 
she's very open about it. She speaks about it. She's actually sex trafficked. Um, and so I understand, like, she has very negative associations with sex and sexuality. Um, but at the same time, I knew sex was important for me in marriage. So finally, like, I got up the courage to share with her, like, look, I really want this. I want this to happen more often. I want to be intimate with you on a physical level. Okay. Now, the funny thing that happened was as I shared that with her and as I started to grow, what I realized was this that I'm telling you, right? That just being willing to come in there and ask what I ask for what I wanted was such a huge development for me. I started to respect myself equally to her. I started to request more things from her. I started to say no to some of the things that she asked me to do. It was huge. I finally started to develop myself into a more respectful person of myself, right? Loving myself equally to her, not more and not less, right? Still working on that, but it was such a big deal. And the only way it happened is by me bringing this up when I knew she wouldn't want to talk about it, when I knew she didn't want to hear it, okay? But it was so important to me that I just had to bring it up, right? And it was huge. It led to giant developments in our marriage, okay? It takes courage, guys. It takes courage to share these things because you're not sure, okay? You have to risk not being accepted or not being validated, okay? And that's hard. You have to have what um, David Schnarch calls self-validated intimacy, where you know this is so important to you that if you give it up or you don't do it, you're going to be starting to lose yourself. And that's what I started feeling in my own marriage as I, because I wasn't good at this for a long time. I wasn't good at intimate communication. I wouldn't share things with my wife that I thought might upset her. But I had to develop this self-validated intimacy where I, I knew it was so important to me that I needed to share it. Because again, if you avoid this, if you don't do it, you're going to be resentful because you're going to say, you know, yeah, I never do anything I want in my marriage um, because my wife, you know, she doesn't like it, right? It's going to lead to dissatisfaction, losing yourself. And as you lose yourself in your marriage, you don't have intimacy. You don't have a real connection anymore. So, this again comes from from David Schnarch and, and another great therapist called uh, named Jennifer Finlayson Five. But they say intimacy in marriage is to know and to be known. Okay, it's not about just validation all the time, right? Listen to each other's feelings. It, that is important. It's again that's the second level, and it feels good there. But real intimacy, a great marriage, is knowing and being known. Okay, knowing yourself deeply and sharing that. And then listening to your spouse, listening to your wife as she shares who she is and what's important to her. You got to know yourself deeply as you share come from a place of integrity. It feels different. So, you know, I could have come to my wife and I could have been like, you know, you never have sex. I'm so mad and I, I hate it, right? That's one way to do it, blame it all on her versus coming from a place of strength and integrity saying, look, this is important to me in our marriage. I need something to happen here. Or else I'm, you know, not going to be satisfied in this marriage. I don't know if it's really even going to work, right? It's hard to do that, but it had to happen. It had to happen because I had to be known, right? 
And this is where deep connection can happen. I hope from the examples I shared with you, you could see like, this is how marriage really explodes to new levels of intimacy and connection is by sharing who you really, really are because you can grow from it. Right. And that, again, the hard part is you have to risk things even breaking up or getting worse, right? Because you kind of, you, if you're living at that superficial level or even that emotional level, you know, things are pretty good, but you've got this like something inside that just says like, man, you know, I'm not really myself anymore. I've kind of lost some of who I am and I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. But look, you guys, you have to risk it. You have to risk rocking the boat. You have to risk making things worse because it's the only way that true passion and intimacy happen. I like to say you, you need sparks to make a fire, right? So if you're just like calm and no arguments and nothing's ever going on, you know, that's not a passionate marriage. It's not that intimate. It's not that fun, right? You've married someone different than you for a reason, right? And so those differences, they can work with each other, you know, you can create something better because of those differences, but you have to share. Sometimes also you have to choose between two difficult choices, right? You share who you are, you understand who your spouse is, and now you've got sort of an issue. So for me, sex in my marriage, right? So I had to come to an understanding that like, look, for my wife and everything that she's been through, sex is always going to be hard, at least for many years from now, will most likely be difficult because of the severity of the trauma that she went through. So I really had to figure out for myself, am I willing to stay in a marriage with a woman who's probably going to be hot and cold about sex? Um, You know, is everything else about our marriage worth me staying in for that? And I had to really decide that. And for me, 100% yes. I came to that decision, 100%. It is worth it for the amazing woman that she is, for this connection that we have, for our kids, for all of that, you know. But the biggest thing, again, was me figuring out I didn't have to just make her happy all the time and like forget about Mike, forget about who I was, right? That's what this whole asking about sex and and asking for my needs more brought about. So now I'm super happy in my marriage because I know I can share who I am. I know I can ask for things from her. I know I can say no to things. I know that I can be me in our marriage. It's amazing. I don't have to make her happy all the time. That's not my job. I can choose to serve her because I want to, because I want to be that kind of husband and not because I I have to have this approval from her all the time. It's a, it's such a good place to live. I want you guys to get there. Right. But it it can be hard, right. To sometimes you have to choose another example. This was for Jennifer Finlayson five. She had a brother who married someone who did not want kids and he really wanted kids. So I've got a tough decision to make, right? You're both being true to who you are. You're both being intimate, but you're divided on something very serious uh, about having kids or not. So again, he had to make that decision. Do I want to be with this woman or do I want to have kids? That was the decision that he had to make. He decided to stay with her because he decided, yeah, you know, that's, it's worth it to me. And that can be hard, but at least, you know, right? You know, who you are with and you know the decision that you've made, right? If she would have just kept stringing him along and said, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have kids, maybe we won't, you know, and he's just like hoping, 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 then that marriage is not that good, right? Because there's no real intimate communication. 
So I want to talk about too, like, what do you do after you share these things, right? So we'll, we'll pick my wife's example. So she shares with me about the church, right? And I'm kind of really shaken by this. I'm not sure what to do. Um, what you do after this is you seek first to understand, then to be understood. So after I kind of got through my own shock and all that, I really just tried to understand where she was at. And it, you know, for her, it was, she wanted to follow Jesus. She wanted to do that. She just wasn't sure about a few things, the doctrine. And so, you know, for me, I said, well, here's what I'd like to, to see happen. Here's what's important to me. Um, and, you know, we came to an agreement that worked for both of us, right? So Stephen Covey talks about getting to a solution that's better than either of you could have thought of on their own, you know? So when you come in here, you say, look, this is important to me. Let me understand where you're at. And then you say, let's work until we get to a place that's better than either of us could have thought of on our own. Okay. Or the Willard Harley, he's another uh, marriage therapist guy. He talks about the principle of enthusiastic agreement where, you know, you share these things and then you get to a place where you can both enthusiastically agree with the result. So I think of it as kind of this, like a pyramid. So at the bottom of the pyramid, you've got your position. And then on the other side of it, you've got your wife's position, right? So then you work and you, and you think, and if you're a spiritual person, you pray about it and you, you know, really put thought and effort into it. And then you come out to this higher way. That's just great and amazing. And it's true to who both of you are and it works together. Okay. So that's where you want to get to. It's something even better because you both come from that place of integrity. Right. Stephen Covey calls this the balance of courage and consideration, right? It's courage to share who you are and what you believe. It's consideration to understand what she does and what she believes, right? So you balance those and then you come to this higher way, this better way. So the scariest part about this is that there's also a possibility of no deal, right? So, you know, if my wife would have said, for example, I don't believe in the church and I am going to do everything I can to make sure our kids also don't believe in the church. Probably that would have been a deal breaker for me because my religious beliefs are so important to me. Um, you know, on the flip side, you know, if I, if I would have come to her and said, Hey, look, I have to have sex every day or else, you know, we're done. You know, she probably would have had to say, I can't do that. Like I can't be happy in a marriage and have that happen. So, you know, we probably won't, be able to be together. That's the hardest part. That's the scariest part. So it doesn't have to go there though. That's the thing. When you use these principles, being true to yourself and understanding your wife and being committed to working towards a solution that works and that's better than either of you could have thought of on your own, most of the time it's going to work out. Okay. That's the beauty. So I was just watching the Netflix series, Love is Blind. And talking about this intimate communication, right? So they, they, if you haven't seen the show, they go into it and they're across this wall and they're talking to each other and just connecting at this emotional level. And for some of them at this intimate level, right? Sharing things that maybe the other person won't like that much. But this one particular couple, there was a guy that was bisexual and he decided he was not going to share that with this woman. Now, the, the the crazy thing about this show is they actually propose to the person before they see each other. So he proposed to this woman. 
they, you know, got engaged. He gave her a ring. They met each other. They went to this like exotic location and they're having this time. And then at this point he finally decides, okay, like I need to tell her that I'm bisexual. So, you know, she comes back, she kind of tries to understand him, but he will not really try to understand her point of view at all. You know, he's just like, no, I was honest with you the whole time when he wasn't right. I mean, before you get engaged to someone, you would probably want to tell them you were bisexual <laughs> um, to get to this intimate level of communication. And she was basically saying, you were not honest because you didn't tell me this and he just wouldn't hear it. And so they ended up breaking up. But you know, this was just an example, right? They did not get to that intimate level of communication. He did not share something with her that might have freaked her out, right? And that he was a little bit concerned about himself. And so it, it didn't work out. All right. All right, guys. So let's just do a quick review of the communication in marriage. So there's superficial, just that, you know, business stuff, getting that done. I think we're all okay there. Emotional, we can definitely all work on improving that, right? Just having that fun, you know, getting to know each other better. Hopes, dreams, fears, first, best, best, last, worst, telling stories, you know, having fun, enjoying each other, being there for each other. And then intimate communication, which is the highest level, the scariest level to go to. It's kind of like, you know, walking off the edge of a cliff, right? You're, you're scared. Um, but at the same time, you know, having that self-validated intimacy about knowing that, you know, even if your wife doesn't accept you after what you say, you know that it's true to who you are and you have to be true to who you are um, to have a great marriage. And real intimate communication, it takes courage. It takes the courage to share that. And it's what creates amazing and a truly intimate connection. And start creating that, that great communication in your marriage today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.